Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So late night for me last night, starting with high school football, the Corky Kell Classic. What a grunt and what a night it was to beat uh, Johns Creek High School. And impressive performance from Parkview in the nightcap. We had a fun one with Kell and Cherokee Bluff before that. And I guess the main takeaway, the headline here is, is that the football season is back. We're now doing football again at the high school level. We'll be doing that all weekend long. Jeff Sintel on TV tonight for that from West Forsyth High School. Me back with you for three games again on Friday. So incredibly fun to have high school football back. All of this, of course, a lead-in for our September 3rd season kickoff in college football here with the Georgia Bulldogs and the Oregon Ducks and all the fun that's going to be there with that. So you really feel like you're kind of in that mode right now of the football season being here and it was fun to do that last night on high school football and now fun to kind of shift back to the day job and talk to you about the georgia bulldogs here on dog nation daily presented by meriwether and tharp and i want to do something here for a moment related to brock bowers i think there's a conversation that's being had about bowers right now that i don't think is fully appreciating the possibilities that exist for him Here are the things you sort of commonly hear said about Bowers, that he is among a great collection of tight ends for Georgia, and that's true. And I think by saying that, maybe you're not fully appreciating the fact that even within that category of great tight ends for Bowers and, and for Georgia, that Bowers could be this year in sort of a separate category away from that. For everything you think that Oscar Delp as a true freshman has a chance to be, and if given a chance, he may you know really flourish. Or what you think that Eric Gilbert could be coming back from uh, being away from football for a year. Uh, I think whatever you might project for him, it certainly exists as a possibility. One of the guys who genuinely is earning legitimate buzz so far during this preseason is Darnell Washington. And that seems real, and it seems tangible, and it seems really exciting because – of the particular skill set that that Washington seems to have and Brock Bowers kind of goes in there in that group because it's the position that he plays but honestly based on the stat line that Bowers put up a season ago more receiving yards than any player had had thus far in the Kirby Smart era you know touchdown record for uh Georgia there too I'm not quite so sure that Brock Bowers shouldn't be kind of considered to be in his own category separate from all of that. The point I'm kind of getting to here is, is I don't know when I listen to Georgia fans talk or when I listen to media who covers Georgia, whether it be national or whatever else, I don't know that Brock Bowers is being given the full credit for potentially being the kind of player who could take the next step sort of towards superstardom. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, there is sort of a category of player in all sports that kind of exists beyond just being good and beyond just being dependable, but the kind of guy who seemingly gets whatever he wants in a, in a previous life. I used to do some, you know, like sideline reporting for the NBA. I did some radio stuff, you know, related to that. And so, you know, now it's like one of those things where I'm so busy with my football life and things like that. I don't get a chance to really watch, you know, pro basketball like maybe I once did. But at one point in time, I was going to like Hawks games several nights a week and when you're watching virtually every Hawks game that takes place or every NBA game that takes place in the arena, there are just certain things you notice. And the NBA basketball has kind of always been sort of a star-driven league. And when you're watching a game in person like that each and every night, you know, one of the things that you take away is 
there really are some players who are just different. There are some players who just get whatever they want. Out-of-bounds plays, don't, no matter what the defense does, they're going to get the ball. And, you know, no matter what, how the defense may key to stop them, they're going to find a way to get a shot off. There are some players who are just superstars. And I think there's a version of that that exists in sports. And I think there's a chance that some of that could be in store for Bowers here as well. The kind of guy that even in a, you know, deep, talented program like Georgia, maybe this becomes the kind of guy who just sort of steps to the forefront head and shoulders above even other very good players here on this Georgia offense and listen over the course of time we've been doing this show now for a long time over the course of time we get a lot wrong some of our predictions turn out not to be true but in the case of Bowers this is one that I think we were pretty clued in on pretty early when Bowers was doing some pretty big things in his uh, freshman season a year ago this was more than just a tight end and this was more than just a nice story that Bowers was on his way to to being a, a real weapon I don't want to pat myself on the back too much but I do want to show you this tweet on the screen here for a moment uh do we have the, do we have that okay so we don't have that uh but you know back in September way back at the beginning of the season one of the things that I said on Twitter was that I think that the comparison for Brock Bowers was not another Georgia tight end or anybody at that position. We said way back on, you know, in September of last year, uh, at the beginning of the year, that the only guy in the smart era that probably stood as a comparison for for Brock Bowers was probably a guy like George Pickens, who was the most prolific pass catcher of the Kirby Smart era. And what Bowers was doing in 2021, even in the early stage of that season, was really George Pickens-like and really no, you know, comparison to any other tight end at all and some of that came like right away in the Clemson game where even prior to Stetson Bennett becoming the Georgia starting quarterback back when it was JT Daniels who was the Georgia quarterback it was still pretty obvious there that day that the most reliable dependable target for Georgia was going to be Brock Bowers and when Bowers met with the media a little earlier this week it was funny you know he talked about kind of finding out that he was going to be the guy and kind of finding out that that you know all of this was going to happen for him in his college career very early and it's interesting to hear Bowers talk because there's an element of what he has to say here that seems I think Mike Griffith used the word unassuming or you know something along those lines you know certainly the the persona that Bowers projects doesn't seem to match the level of success he had on the field you know last year kind of comes across a little bit of a hum, humble guy kind of comes across as a little bit of a guy sort of not overwhelmed by any of this his own success or even the challenge of being a big-time player in the SEC and it was fun earlier this week to hear Bowers talk about you know exactly how quickly he seemed to go from being a freshman who might have some promise and some potential to being a guy who was legitimately very good this is uh, Brock Bowers from earlier this week I was just kind of out there doing my thing every day, just uh, working hard. And I didn't really expect much during fall camp last year. Just kind of all happened. Happened pretty fast. Yeah. In the first game in the locker room uh, against Clemson, uh, Hartley came up to me and he was like, "He's like, oh, you're taking the first, the first, uh, the first play." I'm like, "All right, guess, guess ready to roll." Yeah, and so I think when you see that, you know, the fact that, you know, Hartley lets him know, "Hey, we're going to be the guy that we're going to put you out there first. You're going to be our first tight end." But not only that. We're to make you the leading receiver for Georgia that day against Clemson. I think what you saw from him game one in 2021 and what was proven in every game after that is, is that you may wear the label of tight end. That may be the label that you wear, 
but ultimately all you really are is a pass catching threat so once again an example of kind of the wrong conversation that seems to happen around bowers is this notion of well he's only a tight end and therefore there's you know a a, a bit of a ceiling on what his productivity can be that people kind of want to put him in the box of what we sort of think of as you know previous tight ends here but the truth is is as we've seen the show a couple of times already this summer that in almost every you know real way possible bauer should be considered like any other pass catching threat any other wide receiver last year in the sec even though bowers technically wears the label of of tight end i'm not quite so sure there were more than maybe one or two receivers in the entire league who were better more capable than what bowers showed himself to be a year ago and so once again for people who assume that there's some sort of ceiling on what bowers can do in year two because he's only a tight end i think that's putting him in a box that he simply doesn't belong in plus in a lot of ways when it comes to bowers in that position it's almost like georgia's kind of leveraging a a trend that's in place not just for this program but but football all the way around where we're seeing those tight ends kind of detach from the offensive line a lot more we're seeing them sort of play you know as a guy in space who in terms of where they go about the business in terms of whether a guy like bowers runs routes you know what about the way in which he plays the game is really any different than a typical wide receiver anyway that's one of those reasons why i think the bowers can take that step towards stardom in a way that maybe you would have considered unlikely for previous tight ends but i'm not quite so sure that it necessarily needs to be considered to be unlikely for bowers right now and then i guess finally there's this the other thing that you sort of seems like you sometimes see in relationship to the way in which brock bowers has talked about clearly thought to be one of george's best players one of the top 10 players in the country according to espn.com on the list they put out the other day there's this thought though of oh well georgia was able to exploit last year the fact that folks didn't know what brock bowers was all about they were able to get big numbers for for bowers a year ago because defenses didn't know quite to a key on him maybe the way they possibly should have but now a year later defenses will figure this out and somehow georgia's gonna need to pivot away from brock bowers towards somebody else because defenses are going to be stepping up and ready to stop him but as we told you many times if that was ever going to be true, it seems like that would have been true in last year's college football playoff. First drive of the game against Michigan, Brock Bowers gets that touchdown to set the tone for the dogs the rest of the day in that Orange Bowl. You don't think that Jim Harbaugh had spent the better part of a month talking about number 19 and talking about being ready for what Bowers was going to bring to the table, and yet through the uh, expertise of Todd Munkin and the skill set of Brock Bowers he's still wide open for that touchdown to begin that game national championship game much the same way fourth quarter key moment as Georgia's trying to build its lead add to its lead Brock Bowers gets a big touchdown there that Alabama clearly had to be ready for they clearly knew what a weapon Bowers is going to be and they clearly knew that was the one guy you had to try to take away but once again even knowing the ball was coming his direction or at least having a strong belief that it probably was coming his direction not very much you can do to stop that at least for Alabama in that national championship game and when Bowers met with the media earlier this week he actually talked about that moment of hey getting a chance to catch a touchdown in the national championship game a score that proved pivotal in george's win once again the kind of humble and sort of calm mannered uh bowers had plenty to say about that this is brock yeah i remember they called it and um i was like all right let's go and i just remember doing my little stuff going out and steps kind of floated up there and i and i thought i was gonna waxed by someone because it was it felt like it was floating up there forever but uh just caught it and marks made a great block and 
just no one else was out there. So just, just ran them in. So I love to hear that. That's the moment that kind of sealed the season for Georgia and I think fully cemented Bowers as you want to say was the best true freshman at Georgia since Herschel Walker. I mean, you might have a case to be made for that just based on the, you know, the outsized stat line that he put together. So here's where I'm kind of going with all of this. I don't think you have to put any kind of cap on your expectations for Brock Bowers here this year. I believe that Brock Bowers is going to be a thousand yard receiver for Georgia this season. And this is a very interesting day for me to be saying this because in a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by the only guy in the history of the program to ever have a thousand yards for Georgia. That's Terrence Edwards. He did that in 2002, and he's going to be with us in a couple of minutes. So you're talking about a a historic program like Georgia that hasn't had this happen very much. Edwards did it in 2002, but I don't see any reason why Bowers can't do it in 2022. Yes, he's a tight end, and yes, he's sharing that position with a lot of other talented players. But Bowers, I think, has clearly indicated over the course of a 15-game season a year ago that even in a crowded position group filled with a lot of talented guys, he stands above the rest. And even though we don't think of tight end as being as prolific a position as the wide receiver spot, a place, a, a position that's incredibly in vogue in college football right now, the truth is Bowers just isn't any ordinary tight end. Everybody agrees that he's a great player, and everybody agrees it was a crucial part of Georgia's national championship season a season ago but even in agreeing on that I still don't quite think Bowers has fully gotten the credit yet for just how impressive he was last season and just what he has the potential of being able to do this year you want to see the Georgia offense take the next step of course you do and we believe it may happen well if it does happen it's going to happen in part because Brock Bowers also takes the next step he was a very good player a year ago he was a dazzling freshman he may be an outright bona fide superstar here this season and when it does happen you can say we told you about it before the year even began my name is Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented by Meriwether and Tharb good morning to you and thanks for being with us no matter how you get to us today live on video we'll start at 9 45 for our first in 15 dognation.com and on the dog nation app we join you after that 10 a.m on facebook youtube twitter twitch all the video platforms happy to have you watching us there live or a lot of you go back and watch the video later on however you connect there on that some of you listen on the radio on athens sports radio 960 ref or as a podcast it's kind of the on-demand audio version of our show and we are so thankful. You know, this is the way we started and it'll kind of always be the, I guess, our home platform in a lot of ways for me. And I love to see the podcast continuing to to be a big part of your lives. And I am so appreciative to all of you who tune in and listen each and every day. Thank you so much for all of that. And of course, big thanks to our friends at Meriwether and Tharp for making it possible. They're your source for Georgia divorce. And I know it. It's not fun and it's not a cool thing to talk about. I, I, I do get all of that but listen a lot of you will say as well that sometimes the the realest stuff in life isn't fun to talk about i guess bad grammar intentional on that and some of you kind of may find yourself in that real situation where you never imagined it but the marriage that you once had such high high hopes for and so many hopes and dreams connected to is just kind of coming to an end and dealing with that reality is an important part of life that means you know confronting what the next step is and that's maybe going to lead to you hiring Meriwether and Tharp to do great work for you but prior to that I'm sure you're just going to want to acquaint yourself with what they're all about you hear me talking about them and obviously hopefully my recommendation means something to you but I wouldn't assume that just that alone would be enough so I want you to check out their website it's the Atlanta Divorce Team.com 
That's the AtlantaDivorceTeam.com. And you're going to really see kind of the generous spirit with which Meriwether and Tharp sort of uh, approaches all this with. I'm talking about free resources like blog posts and podcasts and things like that, which will give you an idea of maybe what divorce means specifically for your situation, whether it be your relationship with your children or your financial future, things like that. And then you can have that free initial consultation with one of those Meriwether and Tharp attorneys and then kind of learn how you can leverage the law to your benefit here and then make that decision to allow Meriwether and Tharp to work for you to get you everything that you deserve and set you up for a very successful next season of your life. That's what Meriwether and Tharp's all about. So please find them online, theatlantadivorceteam.com. That's theatlantadivorceteam.com. Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. As I said before, we'll talk to Terrence Edwards here coming up in a moment. Terrence, the only thousand-yard receiver in the history of Georgia football. What is his outlook for Brock Bowers? We'll talk about that with him and a whole lot more. Before that, they'll want to go around the doghouse, and it's presented today by Serve Pro. And I was kind of discussing before kind of a conversation happening around Georgia football. There's another thing I sometimes notice about, you know, Georgia fans here a little bit. I don't think this is unique to Georgia fans. This is just probably kind of normal for sports fans, whoever you cheer for, whatever sport it might be. But there's a tendency to do one of two things. To either worry about something or ignore something. In other words, when you think about Georgia, it's preparations for the upcoming season, and so many of the folks in our audience are so keyed in, so plugged in. They're watching so closely everything that happens, position battles, everything else. And if there's no obvious answer to position, that becomes a concern, and sometimes concern sort of evolves towards worry, and sometimes you do sort of have that little negative vibe sometimes around Georgia fans. But when things are sort of happening the way that would maybe lead towards a positive outcome – there's this thought sometimes that's the way that things are supposed to be. And if it's the way that things are supposed to be, it becomes easy to ignore it. So you have this thing of, well, if something seems to be going well, that doesn't generate much interest or attention at all. If something might be going less well or you're not quite so sure how it's going to resolve itself, that becomes the focal point of a lot of attention, a lot of conversation. And you may have noticed this yourself. So let me give you a specific example of what I'm talking about. There is one thing for Georgia right now that I believe is being made to look far easier than it actually is. Georgia seems to have made a really nice transition to Broderick Jones at left tackle. Now, this started in the national championship game. And once again, that's a button that was pushed, you know, moving Jamari Salyer into the guard position, inserting Jones into the game. And you're left to wonder, you know, would Georgia have won on that, you know, Monday night in January in Indianapolis, freezing cold Indianapolis, if Kirby Smart hadn't done that? I think you're left to wonder if they would have. But it's a button that Kirby did push. And it worked out well. The rest is history. And while that's cool for Georgia's national championship season, we got the Coke bottle on the desk to, to celebrate that. The truth is it's relevant now for what's going to happen in the 2022 campaign. And Georgia fans, I think, have every reason to believe that you're set at left tackle. You may even be rock solid at left tackle with a former five-star who's also kind of looking the part of being a guy who's ready to play. And I don't know that it's been fully appreciated how easy this transition seems to have gone, that that Broderick Jones existed kind of as an understudy, watching, learning, earning trust of the coaches over the course of the 2021 season. When it really mattered most, he's in the game. And then after that, was kind of treated as the starter ever since then. And all of a sudden now, you feel like he may be one of the bright spots for your offense, locking down that left side of the offensive line and kind of doing so with that kind of like – leadership style that the very best Georgia players seem to always have I I got a lot of feedback from some of you 
who had seen this in the Dog Nation YouTube page that the Brock, that the uh, Broderick Jones press conference from the other day you thought was really good. And I want to give you a little bit of a taste of this here, both as an example of the fact that all the best Georgia players seem to always sort of talk kind of the same way. And Broderick Jones seems to fit into that group here pretty well and don't fail to notice the fact that Georgia seems to have made a pretty effective transition at left tackle and Broderick Jones seems to be emerging at exactly the right time for the dogs. This is Broderick meeting with the media earlier this week. No, it's always a work in progress, but I feel like, you know, I've done enough to, you know, push myself to be better. You know, I can always be better in any aspect of life. So I just continue, like, every day to push myself in practice, push my teammates to be better. You know, I try not to look at my own, like, individual action at left tackle. I'm trying, like, you know, it's all about the team. I'm not, I'm not trying to. You know, put everything on myself. So I, I'm looking forward to like seeing the team get better, seeing the team mm-hmm. progress as a whole. So. The entire uh, Jones press conference the other day was essentially that same kind of thing. A guy who has arrived as a Georgia starter and arrived as one of the trusted leaders, I think, on this team, and yet still wants to be better and still wants to not just be a starter, but do something with that starting spot that he's been given and kind of take his own game to the next level there and push his teammates to be better than the guys he's competing with across from him on the Georgia defense during practice or the offensive lineman he's competing alongside with as they battle in practice and you know future opponents things like that the entire Broderick Jones media session of the day sounded very much like that and I think there's a lot to like about him and once again there are a lot of things that Georgia makes look far easier than they actually are finding a new left tackle even if you're bringing in a former elite recruit the way that Broderick Jones was inserting him into a starting lineup in a national championship game and then making him be your guy for the following season that is not always a seamless transition but it seems to be going really well for the dogs right now and it's worth your attention to make sure you notice that it's around the doghouse it's presented today by our friends at serve pro and serve pro can do a great thing for you because we know how important your home is to you or your business your your commercial property something like that you know these these buildings these structures are what your whole life's about whether it be the emotional connection you have to your home or just the financial connection you have to your uh, your office space or your or your warehouse building whatever else and we also know that from time to time stuff happens right maybe you have a fire you maybe have water intrusion and you know how much damage water can create in a situation like that sometimes there's just a cleanup needed and if you've ever had one of these like horrible situations you sort of look around and you're like gosh how could this ever be cleaned up put back together how could this ever be you know re- you know repaired and replaced and it may seem impossible but that's where our folks at surf pro can step in their restoration specialists can get it all back for you cleaned up put back together like it never even happened that's what surf pro has been doing for a long time and all of the surf pro franchises are independently owned and operated let me tell you why that matters to you because when you have one of these big cleanup jobs you want someone who's got as much stake in the outcome as you do this is as i said before your home or your business or whatever else that means that you desperately want the cleanup to be done well and you desperately want it to be done right well if your business like they serve pro franchisee uh if your if your business depends on that too then you want as much of a positive outcome as as you would in a situation like that and that's what our friends at serve pro are all about so please make sure you check them out online it's servepro.com that's spelled s-e-r-v servepro.com for more information on that about your fire cleanup your water damage cleanup how the restoration specialist from serve pro can get it put back together for you literally like it never even happened check out serve pro today online at servepro.com so there has been a lot going on with Georgia pass catchers as of late. Wide receivers emerging, a 
prediction from Terrence Edwards that seemingly may be on the verge of coming true. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. I'll ask Terrence more about what I was talking about with Brock Bowers before the show began. Also, before we're done, a former UGA great getting a pretty cool honor from the NFL. Want to make sure we talk about that on today's show. Uh, a one-time battle that maybe some Georgia fans thought they might get a chance to see. Well, maybe finally at least in some version we may get a chance to see that maybe even as soon as tonight so we'll talk about all that coming up there too some recruiting stuff to get to before the show is done we're very busy here on a thursday but you've come to expect this we look forward to doing it each and every week and of course it's a big lead into what we're going to be doing on september 1st with marlowe's tavern it's our marlowe's tavern insider update let's get ready to welcome in terrence edwards to the program right now From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insight. Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update with Terrence Edwards. As I said before, we're excited about being at Marlowe's Tavern coming up on September 1st. We want all of you to be there, too. And we're going to talk to you in a moment about how you get a chance to do that. But first, let's talk some Georgia football here with Terrence Edwards. We're happy to have him with us. Terrence, I said this before you joined us. You are the only member of an exclusive club for UGA you are the lone thousand yard guy. I sort of think Brock Bauer is going to get in there with you here this year. And some people say, well, it's not likely to happen because he's a tight end. And it's not likely to happen because Georgia's got a lot of other really good tight ends. And maybe in some form or fashion, all of that's true. But I think the Bowers last year showed himself to be more than just a tight end. And I think that sets the stage for him to potentially take that next step here this year. No one's more qualified to answer that question than you. So, what do you think about Bowers' chances of matching the statistical feat that you put up back in 2002? Uh, I was in the chat earlier just waiting and listening, and uh, I just don't honestly see anyone getting 1,000 yards this year. Mm-hmm. I personally think with the tight end room the way it is, I said I, I see two receivers with the emergence of AD getting 800-ish uh I just go back and look at just history, and I don't know how many tight ends in the SEC that have that's gained a thousand yards. We've had some of some great tight ends to come through. Just the SEC peer, I know Brock. I think is on a different level than anyone else I've seen. Uh, I just think there's going to be a lot of a lot of expectations for him to uh, eclipse the season that he had last year, and that season was a great season. Uh, I would I I hope and I'm waiting on someone else to uh gain a thousand yards. I think that's just the biggest thing that everyone wants. Uh I like the way we ran the offense last year because it it helped us win a national championship. So I think in just my opinion the the, the thousand yard talk is a little overblown. Um but I don't see Brock or anyone getting a thousand yard this year. I do see two guys with 800-ish yards this season. And fair enough that if that were to happen, that's also a pretty big step forward for Georgia because, you know, prior to Brock last year kind of breaking through the 800-yard mark, you know, no one else had eclipsed 800 yards in the smart era and really for a couple of years prior to that. You know, Georgia's been kind of running on a little bit of a cold streak in terms of big production from pass catchers and, you know, uh, George Pickens kind of broke through on some of that in 2019 and Bowers sort of broke through a little bit on that uh, last season but what you're saying is hey maybe it's a couple of guys in the same team that put that kind of productivity together 
And Terrence, there are probably some Georgia fans listening right now that say, hey, maybe I take that option. Maybe maybe I don't need Georgia to have that thousand yard receiver. If you told me I can have a couple of guys who sort of have, you know, a level of achievement like a Bowers had last year or a or a Pickens had in 2019. Maybe there's something to be said for a little more distribution among a couple of guys being a little tougher for defenses to stop. There are probably plenty of Georgia fans who think that your description there actually sounds like a pretty good thing to them. I would like so I would like the ball to be spread out amongst the talented pass catchers that we have. I would love to see Brock uh, even just duplicate what he did last year. And I also would like to see A.D. Mitchell take that next step and get 800 yards and 10-plus touchdowns. Uh, then I would like to see Ladd and the rest of the group trickling out. I mean, I've worked with a little bit of Kieris Jackson this offseason. I, I'm, I think Kieris is back to the form that he was two years ago before uh, maybe the coaching season, but he was injured last year. Um, so we do have a lot of talented receivers, and the main focus, I, I assume defensive-wise, would be trying to stop Brock. That means someone else would have to step up, but I'm very uh, – positive that Coach Monkey will devise schemes to get Brock the football. I mean, he's too talented not to. Uh, but if I'm defensive, I have to. My main focus in the passing game is to stop Brock first. And I just leave other guys with opportunity to go make plays. And I and I believe in A.D. Mitchell. I believe in Lad McConkey. I believe in Kiaris Jackson and the rest of the game. So I, I would love to see. I, I would really want to just focus on Let's get this one guy a thousand yards. I want to see two guys get eight hundred sure. and another guy to have six hundred. That is a very explosive, and that means that we probably have four thousand yard passing. Um, so, I would like to see the distribution of the ball. I would like to see everyone make the plays when it's your opportunity. I think that's a really interesting perspective, and kind of on this same topic for a moment, but a, a slight offshoot to it. The other thing is is trying to figure out, okay, well, who's the other tight end that stands to to you know to get a lot here? Because you and I have talked about Eric Gilbert, you know, plenty, and I've certainly you know I've tried not to hype him up too much, but obviously I am really excited about what he has a chance to do. And yet, you're also hearing some really good things about Darnell Washington right now there as well. It seems like Washington's had himself a really good summer. Terrence, how much room is there for all of these guys? In other words. You know, can can Gilbert and Washington both have a great season, or knowing that Bowers has got to eat two, is, is there is there only room for a, for for one or the other between you know uh, Gilbert and Washington to have a great year? Like, how much distribution can you have among all these tight ends? And that's before you even get to a guy like Oscar Delp, who I think you know has a chance to be really good too. It's it's a really fun conversation because of how deep that tight end room is, but I'm still not quite so sure yet just how much distribution can be spread around amongst all these guys, especially with what seems like a real emergence for Washington so far this summer? I think on the surface, B, I think, you know, from the casual fan, uh, we want to use the word great season in terms of yardage and what we can see. Uh, But if you go to the second-level stats and stats that the coaches use, I think those guys can have a great season without catching football. Yes, we would like for them to – have the numbers and what is a great season in anyone's mind? I mean, I think if Darnell and uh, Eric has 400 to 500 yards, I think that's a great season for them. Uh, they, they're contributing. Uh, they're scoring touchdowns there in the blocking game. Uh, so that, that great season is a relative term to whoever is looking at and describing their season. I, I think for me personally, I would love to see those two guys in the 400 to 500 yard range and 
and that means someone else yardage is going to go down. But it goes back to we have a lot of talent, and how they're going to distribute the ball. I think uh, if you've been reading the tea leaves, I think Big O is probably having the best camp out of all the tight ends, and I know Brock haven't done much, uh, but all four of those guys are given the opportunity to have made plays. Uh, Oscar had a, a great scrimmage from what I've been told. Yeah. So uh, having a great season now is a relative term. I, I think those guys go out and block well. Those guys go out and make that plays when the, when the ball comes to them and have, you know, 400 to 450 to 500 yards. That, in my opinion, is a great season. I mean, you just look at the past tight ends with Randy McMichael and yeah. Ben Watson. Those guys was in the, in the 400 to 500 yard range and Ben went in the first round. So it, it's not all about you know, yardage is about, you know, being able to contribute and helping this team win. Yeah, I think that's probably a really good point. The other thing is, is in all the ways in which Georgia was great a year ago, like one of the areas in which really Georgia was no better than average is turning red zone opportunities into touchdowns. And that's where a Washington, that's where a Gilbert, that's where a Delpy even, that's where those guys I think have a chance to be an incredible value add for Georgia you know, maybe being a little bit more aggressive, maybe throwing the ball more in the red zone than maybe Georgia's tendency's kind of been, and letting those targets in those small spaces, small windows, the field gets much smaller the closer you get to the end zone. But let a big target find a way to catch the ball in a kind of a tough, tight window. That's where those tight ends, I think, have a chance to really shine for Georgia. I think so. I think red zone targets for those guys uh, is going to be uh, one of their biggest assets. I mean, if you can remember – I think in the SEC championship game when Garnell just went over uh, the linebacker's head from Alabama number 10, he just snatched the ball like a rebound. There's nothing that he could have done. I mean, you have to use what God gave Garnell. That's been six seven six eight with the ability to catch the football. Uh, Eric is, is, is a big-body receiver that just playing tight end right now. I mean, if you listen to what Monken had to say, the difference between – Brock and, and Eric is Eric is used to being out on the edge running receiver routes. That's what he's always done with me. That's the way I trained him. Um, so he's more polished in that area and brought just a, a super fast athlete. So we have to use all these guys traits and what God gave them. Yeah. And they're all different. Um, so if you get in those small spaces, you you, you you can jump ball with the six seven guy. You can put Eric on the edge and run receiver routes, and now you just put Brock in space against anybody. He has the ability to outrun them. So they all bring something different and, and unique and something that we have to use to exploit their talent. All right, we bragged on you a little earlier this week, Terrence. I want to talk to you about that more coming up in a moment. But first, let me remind folks, this is our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update with Terrence Edwards here right now. And speaking of Marlowe's Tavern, I want you to be aware that we have a huge, huge event coming up with Marlowe's coming up on September 1st. What a great time this is going to be there at the uh, Dunwoody Village Parkway location, the Marlowe's right there in the Dunwoody Village, uh, Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody. It's 1317 Dunwoody Village Parkway. It's going to be Thursday, September 1st, starting at 6 p.m. So this is a big live event, great chance to hang out with Dog Nation, great chance to get ready for the upcoming season. Uh, they have a great lawn out there. It's going to be a you know a wonderful, wonderful experience. So I want you to circle this day. Want you to make plans to be with us at the Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody, 6 p.m. coming up on that Thursday. It's going to be an incredible time. We want you to be a part of it. Also, if you want to enjoy your own great time at Marlowe's Tavern anytime you want to, become a Marlowe's Tavern Insider. You get an opportunity to do that. Much the same way that Terrence Edwards is our Dog Nation Insider, you can be a Marlowe's Tavern 
Insider by signing up, getting that Marlowe's uh, app, and just for doing so, you're going to get $10 off, $30 just simply for signing up. And after that, you become a Marlowe's Tavern Insider. When you dine at any Marlowe's Tavern location and spend at least $15 on food and beverage, you earn what's called a qualified visit. Now, once you get four qualified visits, you're going to receive a complimentary entree reward up to $20 on your next visit. You can redeem that at any of your favorite Marlowe's Tavern locations, including the one right there in your neighborhood. You also get special offers in your birthday all kinds of cool stuff so very easy to do just download that marlo's tavern app you can get going on that here today so terrence i gotta ask you uh you know you want to go back to the month of june you on twitter kind of talking about calling your shot really about dylan bell the three-star wide receiver signee out of the state of texas and you sort of said that based on the way that he's built and everything else that you thought he could be a kind of guy who traveled a similar path for georgia this year that ad mitchell traveled a year ago relatively unheralded recruit who went on to big season and thus far during the summer it seems like that some of the buzz that Mitchell got before making his debut last year is kind of happening for uh Bell there a, a little bit too you feeling good about your prediction and you want to pat yourself on the back here for a moment and now we haven't played any games yet so maybe you want to wait and let the games play out before you do but you feeling pretty good about your Dylan Bell prediction here at the moment oh I feel great about it now uh, continue to to boast and uh, talk this young man up because I didn't see very much of him, but it doesn't take very long to see what you see. And uh, my eyes very trained to see uh, those type of guys, and he jumped off at me very quickly. Uh, I didn't know who he was. And when I asked, I think it was uh, Kirby, I was standing beside Kirby, I'm like, who is that? Oh, no, it's Bobo. Who is that? He said, that's Dylan Bell. I thought he was a walk-on that looked like a running back. They just put in the running back in the wide receiver group because of numbers. And he's like, no, that's Dylan Bell. And I watched his footwork. I watched him catch the football. He's naturally catching. He's built. Like, once fans get to see this young man in person, 6'1", 215, I, I don't know if we have ever had a receiver put together like him. So I saw it, and he's a natural. He's a football player. So, I got excited about him, and I think Georgia fans, once you see him play and him get the opportunity to see him play, he's going to be a special talent for us. And, uh, I can't wait for 16 days. I don't know you know how much of a role he will have. He, will, I, I believe he's going to have some form of ro- role on this team. But this guy, I think down the line, is going to be one of those. He's going to be a starter at some point, helping us win games. Well, that's exciting to hear, Terrence. That's a great prediction. Obviously, you know this position so well, and we love your insight on all that. And before we let you go here, remind folks that they want to get some of the training you're providing to a lot of guys who are also doing it really big at the college level, and in some cases, guys who've moved on to the NFL. How can they get involved with uh, what you're doing with Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy? Well, if you saw my tweet the other day, if anyone listening, looking, it's football season. That's right. Um, I coach high school at, at Milton, um, so I'm only able to train on the weekends. But my training is going to be a little different, and it's always have. Uh, I think it is important that players listen to their high school coaches before trainers at this part of the year because you got to play for your high school coach. So all my training now is going to be more top-of-the-route footwork and a lot, a lot of hand-eye okay. coordination and catching. Uh, I think we don't catch enough as, as wide receivers, especially in practice. So on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, you're looking for your son to – just the team to catch the football, learn how to catch, catch more footballs during the week. You can find me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. By the way, Terrence, last night on Peachtree TV, we had Parkview in our nightcap. Mike Matthews, the 2024, you call him a five-star athlete, but as a receiver, 
even as a junior right now, he's already incredibly dangerous. Have you seen Matthews play for Parkview? Because he is a good one. Yes, I have. I uh, love the young man game. He's just as equal as a better at maybe better at basketball from what I've heard. I have heard um, he's really good at basketball, he, yeah. So I've, I've seen the young man play. He's long and lanky, and he can go get it. He's one of those guys that uh, – that could go get. And I had one of my guys last night from Parkview. It's Kyle Vaca. Yeah, seven for for uh, from uh, John's, John's Creek. Creek had a nice game last he did have night. A nice but game. that's one of the guys that's been with me since the seventh grade. That's awesome, Terrence. That's great to hear. Yeah, a very impressive player for John Screen. Had a couple nice catches there last night and a big part of what the Gladiators are going to be doing this season. So, Terrence, that's great to hear. Thanks for being with us here as a part of our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update. We'll look forward to talking to you real soon. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Yeah, fun to have high school football season back. And we're lucky in our state because we do have so many great coaches like Terrence. And Terrence is not part of that Milton staff. Uh, they are now and, you know, doing some of that personal coaching there too. And when you look at what makes the state of Georgia so different from high school football, when you look at why that is, I do think you look to the coaching ranks, right? I mean, you don't see a lot of guys leaving Georgia to go other places. You see guys like Josh Niblett, who left Hoover High School to come to Gainesville and other examples. Great coaches coming into our state. That's one of the things that makes this state so special from a high school football standpoint when you've got you know former great players like Terrence who are kind of also working on their own staff at Milton, but also on that personal level too. You get a lot, lot of great expertise. And that's one of the things that I think sets this state apart from a high school football standpoint. Many of you have kind of noticed the same thing there as well. We've got a lot of SEC stuff to talk about as we go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. As I've been telling you, this is a great time for you to make your plans to be a part of a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. Whether you're thinking about heading towards the end of this summer, into the fall, kind of a holiday type uh, cruise here in late 2022, or if you're like me, you've already got that date on the calendar early 2023. This is the time to start making your Royal Caribbean uh, cruise vacation plans. In fact, I've actually got two Royal Caribbean cruises set up and ready to go for me as soon as football season is done. So I've got mine on the books, and I've told you a million times, the fun here is in the looking forward to, getting ready for it, and having those dates circled on the calendar when you know you're going to be enjoying Perfect Day Coco Cay, as you see right there on your screen, or all the great things on board one of the ships you choose whether you're thinking about like one of those three or four night itineraries maybe it's your first cruise ever and you want to try one of those shorter cruises to the bahamas a lot of those do include obviously stops over in perfect day coco k or you're ready for a seven night cruise on one of those big oasis class ships we love those i was on harmony harmony of the seas uh, this past february love all of the great neighborhoods the great experiences uh, that you get when you do that whichever option seems right for you it's a great time to book a royal caribbean cruise vacation and a great travel agent's going to give you a great experience on that too so you can check out our friends at the cruise and vacation authority you can find them online tcava.com that's their website tcava.com you can also give them a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 so many great choices to make when you pick the right royal caribbean cruise vacation for you so having someone help you kind of decide which port to sail out of which ship to go on which uh, ports of call to visit all of those options are really fun things to talk about and a great travel agent can help you do that when it comes to our friends at royal caribbean all right, so as we go cruise around the SEC here, 
for a moment with Royal Caribbean. A couple of recruiting notes I want to get to. One of these related to Georgia. Actually, both of these uh, related to Georgia here just a bit. Let's start with Gabe Harris. You know the story on Harris. Recent transfer to Valdosta High School. This is an edge rusher, four-star UGA commit. Recent transfer to Valdosta High School. And he had his eligibility request denied after transferring over there. And then he had his chance to appeal that. And that appeal has been denied there too. Now, because of a relatively new rule in the state of Georgia that if your appeal is denied to play at Valdosta or whatever school you happen to be trying to transfer to, you can't play anywhere. So in this particular case, Harris can't even go back to his old school anymore either. So he is essentially a player for now without a home. He had put some stuff out on social media, though, about recently taking a visit down to Bradenton, Florida, and IMG Academy. There had been some chatter he might go to the state of Florida as a kind of next step for him if he had his eligibility you know, denied here in Georgia, and that seems likely. I'd actually also heard about another school in Florida that he might consider attending, but it looks like uh, IMG Academy he's at least taking a visit to, and I think this is one of those things where you want the young man to get a chance to play somewhere, and obviously that's good for him. It's also good for Georgia because you want a guy like that out there on the football field having a chance to participate and maybe img is just sort of the logical next step on this after the eligibility request was denied and you know this is one of those things where the the rules kind of in place because actually i guess related to valdosta a year ago too when jake garcia transferred there had his eligibility denied at valdosta but then went on to you know end up playing for grace and that you sort of have you know one of those things where you know that doesn't feel right to everybody to be denied one place and then transfer and go play somewhere else so that's where the ghsa rule kind of comes in on that harris kind of getting caught up in some of that and so maybe going to florida for a senior year for the uh, georgia commit maybe makes some sense and who knows maybe uh, harris is a you know prime uga commit can do some recruiting for the dogs down there in Bradenton. maybe that'll kind of work out pretty well on that speaking of recruiting seemed to be some internet chatter about xavier mcleod four-star defensive lineman getting ready to make his college choice it felt like georgia was maybe in a good spot with mcleod for a while and you've probably noticed in the internet here as of late it seems like some of that is starting to erode and if mcleod does choose south carolina later on this evening i think you're seeing an example of just how different this 2023 recruiting cycle is turning out to be in terms of recruiting battles that are literally going down to the wire and you know late movement late decisions you know whatever else it seems like george has kind of had a couple of these here lately where a player you thought george was going to get maybe ricky gibson was an example of that a couple of days ago maybe mcleod can turn out to be the latest example of this although it's not you know, certainly a given done deal that he chooses south carolina and if he does choose south carolina you would expect this recruitment would continue even beyond that at least that would be my estimation of the situation. But the one thing that you're hearing recruiting professionals, including our own Jeff Centel, saying a lot right now is, is that nothing can truly be counted on, that every recruitment seems to be very, very open until the very final moment here in this 2023 cycle. And you don't have to look very far to find examples of wild, drastic change in decisions that have been made literally at the last moment and in some cases complete shocks and surprises and unfortunately if you're a georgia fan you've been on the wrong end of a couple of those 
but still no reason to believe that Georgia's not on its way to putting a really stellar class together. But no doubt you're riding the waves and all the emotional roller coasters of a very odd 2023 recruiting cycle. That is no doubt true. I saw, speaking of odd, I saw a very strange prediction from SEC network analyst Chris Doring. Now, Doring's a gator. We kind of like Chris, though. He's been on our show many times before. And he's just kind of a guy that loves the football conversation. And a lot of these guys on TV, and you probably already know this, but a lot of these guys on TV are really pushed to make the most outlandish opinions possible because shows like this end up talking about what they say. That's why Takeo Spikes predicts South Carolina to be Georgia, and that's why Chris Doring has gone on there and predicted Kentucky to go 11-1 and this upcoming season, beat Georgia in the process on this. So Chris Doring has put himself out there in a big way for Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats. And by the way here, uh, <laughs> Kentucky's status as a basketball school, which John Calipari has kind of talked about here a little bit late as of late. You're talking about putting that in great threat. Let Stoops go out and go 11-1 and see what, what happens when it comes to your basketball school after that. Now, the honest truth is we don't think Kentucky's going 11-1. We're not even sure they're particularly good over-under bet based on what the season win total is currently set. But Doring is really putting himself out there on the Wildcats. It's kind of amazing, and it's pretty odd, but it does give you an idea of what you know Kentucky could be this season. We don't think they're going to win anywhere near as many games as that. But we do think this stance is a pretty challenging game for Georgia on the road in November. If you're looking for one of the most likely games that if anything is close for Georgia in the regular season, we think at Kentucky or at Mississippi State, those two road games that Georgia plays in November, back-to-back weeks, by the way, we think they kind of have a chance to, uh, to be that. Uh, but Chris Doring, the SEC Network analyst, really putting himself out there on the Gators. So I guess do with that what you will. There is an update on the LSU quarterback situation where Miles Brennan recently gave up football after having been in Baton Rouge for a long time, you know, ultimately now choosing to step away from the game. And last week we told you about Garrett Nussmeyer, former elite recruit who's been battling injury. So it seems like whether through process of elimination or simply because of the emergence, it looks like Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, is going to end up being the starting quarterback for LSU. Now, the Daniels thing is kind of a wild story to, to kind of follow because early in his career, Jaden Daniels sort of had the look of being the next guy, sort of like a, a guy that was going to definitely be a, a big part of a future NFL draft conversation one day. In the subsequent years, I don't think he's quite lived up to what he maybe initially showed with the promises of a very young quarterback. So now playing at LSU, if he is indeed the starter, you know, you sort of wonder which version of Jaden Daniels you're going to get. And you're going to hear me say what I've said before. A team like LSU that has a relatively high level of talent overall, think about Kayshawn Butte at wide receiver as an example of this. There are some really good players in Baton Rouge. You give them a quarterback and they're dangerous. And there's plenty I don't like about Brian Kelly. I think that Brian Kelly was the overseer of, you know, historically one of the most overrated programs in all of college football, Notre Dame. Everybody, I think, for the most part would say that complete and total joke when invited to the college football playoff a couple of times but there is one thing Notre Dame never did under Kelly they never lost to an unranked opponent I mean literally hardly ever when they had the better talent even in some cases when they had even talent Brian Kelly did find a way to win now he had no chance of ever beating one of these SEC style teams that just has more talent than they do he was never going to win a game like that but could he win a game against a, a lesser team could he win a game against even competition Kelly seemed to be pretty good at doing that. And the point I'm getting to here is I think Brian Kelly's probably a pretty good coach. When you can isolate the variable of actual coaching, and how it impacts a game, I think Kelly's probably pretty good. And so you give him a quarterback, I think it makes him 
pretty dangerous if Jaden Daniels is more of like the freshman version of what Daniels once was. So think about uh, a narrow point spread like LSU, Florida. If Daniels is good, then that makes LSU dangerous in that game. Think about Tennessee traveling to LSU. Think about some of these SEC West matchups, not Alabama, but some of the other ones. Kelly, proven coach, quarterback if Daniels ends up being that dude. All of a sudden, this is an LSU team that starts to look a little bit more interesting maybe for the upcoming season, but obviously that depends on how good Jaden Daniels turns out to be. And we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And very quickly here on the show, I want to give a, a quick shout-out. So tonight in the NFL, we may see the preseason version of something that at one point in time you thought you'd see in Georgia practice. And a nice artist rendition here of this from our producer, Michael Carvel. Uh, but you got Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. Honestly, I'm not even sure how much he's going to play tonight. Uh, but the Bears taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And Jacob Eason now back with his hometown team of the Seahawks. He'll probably play, I would guess, a, a decent amount maybe this evening. But at one point in time, when Fields committed and signed with Georgia, Eason was still on the Georgia roster. And at one point, you're like, I ain't going to have all these quarterbacks at, at Georgia. Well, that didn't last very long so if you ever wonder what the side-by-side comparison would have been between Fields and Eason you may get a a chance to do that tonight now I'm going to tell you this about Justin I still think that Justin's a huge quarterback prospect I really do Eason you know it sounds like you know when he was in Indianapolis I think some people kind of like what he was doing a little bit but in the case of Justin I think that Justin's still a big quarterback prospect I think the Chicago Bears are doing him an incredible disservice I just think this is a disaster in terms of some of the offensive line stuff and you know I, so i i don't know that that chicago is giving justin everything that he needs right now but i do think he's still a big time prospect i would have loved him in atlanta i think the falcons made a mistake by not drafting him a couple of years ago but tonight in some form or fashion you get a version of what a george g day could have been a few years ago its circumstances have been a little bit different between fields and eason so you can check that out and you can also i guess get a wager down on that game if you want to there as well and speaking of that so happy to have our friends at my bookie back on the program again here for 2022 uh and this is going to be really fun as you get ready to make your wagers on anything anywhere anytime with my bookie on the web there mybookie.ag that's the uh website to go to for all of that and once again they got a great offer for folks who tune in here on dog nation daily and you want to make note of this now whether you want to get involved in some of the obviously the, the daily baseball that's taking place right now or some of the preseason stuff but probably for a lot of our audience more important getting ready for the upcoming season with your over-unders your 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 point spread bets your maybe some futures bets on who you think you know wins the national championship hopefully the georgia bulldogs but if you want to make a wager on somebody else they'll take that money there too and when you sign up and you get going on this, all the new customers for MyBookie are going to get a 100% bonus on their first deposit. That's all the way up to $1,000. Now, what that means is when you use the promo code DOGNATION, you got to keep that in mind, promo code DOGNATION, spelled the way it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G, when you use the promo code DOGNATION, you can get a dollar-for-dollar dollar match on your first deposit. That means you put 200 bucks in, you're going to get $400 into your account. My bookie going to give you that there. Uh, and so you get that big dollar-for-dollar dollar match all the way up to $1,000. gives you more money to play with and gives you a chance to get bets down on your money line, your total, whatever you want to, everything else. Uh, and you can do your own prop bet with the uh, MyBookie Prop Builder, which is actually a really fun thing there as well. So bet on anything, anywhere, anytime mybookie.ag make sure you check that out today for our golden shoe today 
And we've got some great submissions we'll show you for tomorrow there, too. But I want to give a shout-out to a former UGA great who, speaking of the NFL, gets himself a really cool honor right now. And this is one of those things that, boy, it hits me in the feels here because this is going back to my era coming up as a fan when Rodney Hampton was toting the ball for the dogs back in the 1980s and went on to be drafted by the uh, (laughs) New York Giants. And I talked about the Falcons draft a moment ago. This is another one of those Falcons draft errors. They take Steve Broussard running back out of Washington State when they could have taken Hampton. And Hampton goes up to New York, and he's now going to be honored to be inducted into the New York Giants Ring of Honor. So that's a great thing for Hampton. We'll make him our golden shoe winners today because that's truly a special moment there with the New York Giants, and you'd love to be able to see that. And how about our Gator Hater Updater? 4,970 days since those lousy stinking Gators have won a national championship. And Gator Hater Countdown Dogs back in Jacksonville, 72 days from right now. Looking forward to getting another win, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow back here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Merriweather and Tharp.